always weirdly lose you once I. Oh, here we go. Okay. Are we in? Yep, we're in there now. Okay. We'll give people a minute to jump on. Okay. Are we in? Good morning. Yay. All the drinks. Look at this cute card that I got in the mail yesterday. Oh. My friend Karina. So sweet. <clears throat> oh, I'm excited today. Oh, me too. This Let's is my favorite subject. Right. Money. You love money. You love talking about money. I love talking about relationships. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Talking about relationships has been my uh, biggest like jump into origination in the way of like the most uh, uncomfortable for me to like ex be exposed and be vulnerable. Like talking about relationships, not necessarily here, but like the relationship moves that I've had to make in my own stuff. And money is just like always in my mind, it seems like. And for years and years and years, it played out as like, wah, 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 <laughs> in my mind. Why? Why? What's wrong with money? What did I not know about money? Do I have enough yeah. money? Is there enough money? Is there enough money? Money, 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 money. How can I get more money? How can I not lose the money? How am I going to keep the money? Where's the money going to go? Where's the money going to come from? Money, 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 money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have some money. Oh no, I'm going to lose the money. The money, the money, the money. Oh yeah. Pax, grab your coffee. Oh. I got to have the coffee, the water, and the protein. I feel like I've missed packs. I feel I like I've been on the last two times. Like <laughs> you know, we have to keep coming on here. Like, we had so much fun in the five-day event. Like, we're like, what do we, I mean, we still just want to keep talking nonstop. So I guess we're just going to have to come up with more things to talk about. Great. Hi, Delita. Love that you're always here. All right. Whoever else is watching, say hi too. We love the interaction. This is so new for us to have the interaction in this platform, but <laughs> it's been really fun. I like it. I know. I took down the um, masterclass videos because I said I was going to, but I was like, oh, I don't want to. I love reading all these comments and the everything. Yeah. Hi, Drea. Um, okay. Yeah. We're excited about today. Yeah. The never ending conversation about money. You definitely got to keep going with this. It's awesome. Oh, good. I'm glad you're having fun because we're having fun too. <laughs> we do this all day, every day. So sometimes we're like, let's just go live. Let's go live because it is fun to do it with other people too. Yeah, it'll be funny. Sometimes our clients will call our private clients or they'll text us and they will be like, oh, I've got something going on. And we're like, oh, we're already on Zoom. You could just join us. We're, we're, just, we're already talking. We, I just carry my computer around my house all day, all day long. You know, Jenny's kids are at school. My, my kids are at home, but yeah. Um, 
yeah, we're super excited today to talk about money because we don't talk about money that often, really, because it is like in origination, it's like the outcome isn't the point, but also it is part of it because the outcomes are, they take care of themselves and they happen no matter what when you live in origination. But it's a flip because when you're not in origination, you completely are trying to get outcomes all the time. And when you get to flip that around, suddenly the outcomes take care of themselves. And looking back now, I, it, money has been one of the most wild experiences for me with this work because I've been obsessed with money my whole life and not necessarily in a good way that would feel good to yourself for the first, you know, however many years. And the problem, the thing was, is that it was like somewhere inside of me, I knew so deeply that what was happening in my finances was ridiculous because there was something inside of me that was meant to be really freaking good at money and have a lot of money and know about money. And it was always money, money, money. But the way it was playing out in my life forever was that there was never enough. I was going to lose the money. I needed to make money. I needed to like manage and control and manage and control and hoard and hope and pray and wish that I had money and couldn't make decisions because I didn't have money or would make decisions hoping that would give me more money. I mean, it was just surrounded. Every single thing in my life was surrounded around money, like relationship issues was around money, where we lived was around money, everything's around money, whether we like it or not, like money is a tool that is used in our lives that we have it's like food you know you you have to have money you have to eat like it's a it's a daily thing it's a daily circulation and if you don't have a grip on what's happening and how money actually works then it's another way of like self-torture continuously we torture ourselves with food we torture ourselves with money we torture ourselves all the time yeah it's been fun suddenly now looking back and from where we I started to where I am now I want to tell the story in a little bit about what money has been like in this last year for me because it is actually freaking mind-blowing it blows my own mind and I shared it with my husband the other night I mean it blew his mind he was like what is not logical this doesn't even make sense and it will be hard to wrap your brain around it because we all want to understand things with logic. It's much easier, but what we're going to talk about today is not logical at all, but it is actually the truth of what went on over the last year. Yes, because the way that under like the human code programming of the way that money works, like in, in regards to like an input and an output. And like that one plus one equals two and that you have a certain amount of time or energy that you invest in an experience. And then there's a certain amount of payoff in that moment. So you're trading time for dollars, you're trading energy for dollars, you're trading, you know, it, it's a commodity that, that appears to, to add up in linear ways. And in the management of money, the solution and the rules to in which you play with money in the human codes is always about like a certain amount of 
like input, output, getting, receiving, managing. So you can budget and you can save and you can, you know, um, get more money and you can allocate more money and you can change, you know, the management styles of money. But if you don't change the experience of money in your, in your system, the extent to which your experience of money is survival based, meaning it feels as though it's a matter of life and death is the extent to which your survival system, your central nervous system reacts to money as a matter of life and death. Okay. So there have been times in my life where I've had $0, like have been behind on bills, have been wondering if my debit card is going to work at the grocery store, have been, I mean, my husband had lost his job at one point, I was pregnant and was not working. I mean, the more we were months behind on our mortgage and every single second I was consumed by whether or not I was going to survive this experience with this lack of money. Well, you can fast forward to 10 years Five years after that, husband has the new job. We've moved, you know, the, the, the 401k is there. The savings account is there. The consistent paycheck is there. And the same feeling that I had when I had, didn't know if, if the card was going to be declined is still happening, whether there's $20,000 in my checking account or whether there's $10 in my checking account, it did not change. The experience of money did not change based on how much money that I had. And when we began to understand how the net central nervous system was working and how, even though you could logically know that you're, you weren't in a state of life or death or a state of imminent danger, the experience that was happening inside the system was still reacting in that way. And so when we work in origination and when we address the survival system of the programming that happens, which in survival, your central nervous system is sort of this attract and repel situation. And when you work through that and you create a different source of security in the external world and your security isn't in these conditions, money naturally changes. The experience of your money changes, but the way you experience money and the way it is brought into your life and the way that it, you are supported in all of the ways completely change, flips upside down and changes. Like yeah. mind-blowing wild stuff. It no longer adds up in a linear fashion. It's no longer an input output. It's, it's a completely, it's its own wild beast that makes no sense, but actually is completely true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wild. I mean, I spent at least, a, well, I would say when Chad and I first got married, we felt very like on with money. Like we bought a house right away. We were going on trips all the time. I had a job that like I knew constantly produced money. Like I never had that feeling of like, there might not be enough. There might not be any more. It always was like, we, there will be more. It just wasn't an issue for us, but something shifted. Like we were together for, I think eight or not eight years living in that way. And then we decided to move. We moved to Duluth. And something shifted in our energy when we moved to Duluth to complete uncertainty and lack. And what if there wasn't going to be enough? 
you know? And whatever was happening in that time in our life changed our relationship with our security, which also changed our relationship with our money. And so that was, well, 12 years ago that we moved to the- I have a question. Yeah. You had Eli at that time, right? Yes. So Eli was two years old when we moved to Duluth. Okay. So, so things were your mother. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I would say that's a really great question because looking back the last two years, two years that we were before we moved to Duluth, we were starting to be like, what are we doing? Like Eli was born and we started questioning, like, do we want to live here? How do we want to raise our child? What kind of things do we want to do? And and actually, as soon as he was born, we went on one last vacation and then we like never went on a vacation again. We went to Jamaica and it was like our last thing we did. And so everything shifted, yeah, when he was born. And that makes total sense, actually. And so we kind of went back and forth for about a year and a half and then decided to move. And when, when we made the move, it just came with a whole bunch of unknowns and uncertainties and everything was really weirdly hard in Duluth and it just kind of kept compounding to the lack and the unknown and the, the scarcity and the survival. We started, you know, not having income that we used to have and we started accumulating student loans and we were like older students going back. And so we didn't really fit in there, but we kind of did. And the things we were picking to do were like, you know, my husband went back to be a teacher and he was a plumber for, I don't know, 12 years or something. And it was like, we started getting all these messages from people wondering what we were doing and why we would do this. Like, I could see if you're 30 years old and you're going back to college and you're like becoming a doctor or something that would like actually make money, but you're picking jobs that are like, you might be making less money than you're making now. And I was going to be an art, like I went to school for art. So it was like, you know, of course, everybody's like, why the hell would you go to school for art at a 30, when yeah. you're 30 years old? Yeah. yeah. Those messages just started kind of plugging into my system. And then I'm like, well, maybe I could do this and, and maybe I could do this. And I don't know. It just was a crazy, crazy time. So Duluth just was not working out well, of course. And so we ended up moving away from Duluth and came back with all the baggage of the experience of that uncertainty and survival feeling of that we weren't going to make it and we were accumulating a ton of debt and we were like why are we doing this why are we accumulating all this debt like our life was so actually as even talking this out I'm like I haven't actually said these things out loud so it's so wild hearing myself like our life was so good before we made these choices like we could do anything we could buy things I remember like you know, paying cash for vacations and all these different things. We paid cash for everything. We didn't even own a credit card. I don't think until we went to Duluth because it was like, we needed to suddenly have this credit card. Um, so we came back feeling like we had made a massive mistake. Although my husband still was going to school to be a teacher and he was very happy about that decision. I for sure felt like I made a mistake going to school for art. I mean, I created a ton of amazing art and all of those things. And I loved being in the studio, but it came to me in this moment to feel like it was at a great cost for our future. And I didn't really know how to get around that. Now, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, art school, that was amazing. It's funny because I, 
I love to create and I love all of these things and, and it goes hand in hand with, I'm do, with what I'm doing, but it never was, um, it didn't make sense for a while. And I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but anyway, so for 11 years, we lived with no savings account. My husband was in school, he's still in school. And I have been a hair, I was a hairstylist forever. So I went back to doing hair and we lived, we worked so freaking hard, so hard. I mean, I would work 12 hour shifts. Chad would be working in the schools and going to school. He was just doing mm -hmm. all sorts of things and it never freaking added up. Like no matter how many extra clients I took, how many hours I would work extra. Um, I had multiple times where I would try to get a second job. He was working a second job. He was also went back to plumbing. So he was working in the schools, going to school and plumbing. And it was like, the harder we worked, the more hours we put in, the more money we would technically, technically make, the less money we've had all of the time. I mean, I remember having this conversation with a girlfriend of mine, we were out to dinner and we always managed to be able to do things, but it felt very scary. Like we would go to dinner with friends and there was always this background feeling of like, this is what we want to be doing and we should be doing this because we work really hard and we should be able to do these things. But in the back of my mind, it was like, oh my God, like our bill's $120 and we literally have $300 in our account and these bills are due. What are we doing? Like every time we would do something, I'm like, why are we spending money like this? But if we don't even, if we're not even able to go out to dinner and all we do is we work and we work two jobs and we're away from each other four nights a week because we also have to work into the evenings. Like we deserve to be able to do these things, but they always came at really what felt like a big cost. So I just want to like have everybody understand that this is not, we were not a family that had a savings account. Okay. There was no savings account. I have, I've had $5 in the bank savings account for, I don't know, 17 years, $5. So the account does not close on it, but it's just sitting there with the $5 minimum in there. And we had, you know, some, a checking account that, that was, had money in it and it would go down, have money in it and go down. And always go back to zero, always go back to, always go back to zero. And, and, and so what I was saying is I remember having dinner with these friends and, and the girl I was having dinner with, um, she was like, can I ask you guys a question? Like, how much do you guys budget for like fun stuff? And so she was telling me about her budget and she's like, okay, so after we pay all of our bills and we put it into all of our 401ks and we, we put away for our clothes fund and our fun fund and our, grocery fund and our hair fund and our kids fund and our, and our hockey fund. And I mean, she like listed off 15 things. She's like, we only have like $1,200 left. So I'm just wondering like, how do you guys do it? Like how much do you have left after you <laughs> all of these things? And I was like, my answer was like, well, to be honest, sometimes I have to pay half my electricity bill one month and the other half, like two weeks later, like, there's, I don't know, I, I've never had a budget. I've never, I've tried to budget myself, but I've never had it where I can like make these categories because I'm just like surviving. 
Like I'm surviving here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills all the way, if I can pay my bills. Like I had a, a system for 11 years where I would have to concentrate on money all of the time because I didn't have the, I, I couldn't just take like all my bills and open them all up and pay them. I had to like pay this one this day I, in my calendar and my phone. I had when every single bill was due and we had so many bills from all the debt we accumulated also on top of what would be your regular expenses that every week I would say two or three, maybe five things were due each week. And so there was this constant concentration on what day is it? Oh my God, did I forget to pay something? Oh, I can't pay this. I have to move this to here and I have to move this to here and I have to do all these things. And there's been many times like you and I would talk forever and be like, oh my God, okay. I have 17 cents in my savings or my checking account, but I know in two days, I'm going to have like all of these clients. So I'm going to do hair and I'm going to have all these clients. So I know that I can pay the phone bill on that day and then have, you know, $300 left to get food. And this is how we lived forever. Plus we kept accumulating more debt because that's what happens, right? Right. Compound effect. I mean, you're in survival. You are obsessed with debt, paying off debt, getting debt, making more debt, trying to pay regular bills, not having enough. Like every time I had money in my savings or in my checking account, because I didn't have a savings account, every time I had money in my checking account, it felt like it's because I haven't paid any bills yet. So I would get these like false senses of like, okay, I can breathe, but in three days, all of this stuff is gonna be gone before it even gets here. And meanwhile, trying to manage the salon and get more people in and work more hours and add more things on. So it was just like so fucking exhausting. I mean, and we worked so damn hard. That was just the weirdest thing. I was like, I don't understand. What did I miss? How are all my friends? And I mean, we're all great people who work really hard. Like how are other people feeling this way? Or is it just me? Like, what did I miss? Like. I know my husband's a teacher and I know I'm a hairstylist. And I know those aren't like what you would get paid for if you were a doctor and a professional athlete or something, but like we're regular people. We're people like the majority of the world, like, or, you know, middle-class or whatever you call it. Like we should be able to just be able to make it, but why does it feel like we can't? I don't understand. And, and it was just so, defeating and it really smeared um this like push pull input output add up hourly if i work this hard i will get this much back and i remember saying so many times like i can't make any more because i can't physically be away from my house any longer or i can't physically work more than 12 hours at the salon because that's a lot. Like that's a lot to be with other people doing their hair, doing all these things. It's like taxing on your body. And there is only so many hours in the day. So nobody's going to come in and get their hair done at 10 o'clock at night. You know, like you just do what you can do. So yeah, the system is designed to keep you poor. Exactly. Which is the system of the programming within your system that thinks that, that you have to operate in this way. And it's like every single move you make, 
you think is going to be the solution to this feeling inside of you. And then it's not. And so every decision you make, you believe comes at an expense to you in the future. If I pay for this now, it will come around to bite me in the ass in the future. If I take care of myself now, then I will like, that will screw something else up in the future. It's like, there's a denial of your own well-being in the moment because of the potential way that that will impact you and come at an expense always. There's always an expense to you and your safety, your security, and your well-being if you take care of yourself now. Right. Always. That's exactly what it felt like. And so your options then are either to like follow the rules of the budget and the system and put them into the categories and manage your money and deny and deprive and whatever. Like, like Jenny said, there wasn't a way to like, you know, there's all these budget programs, but then they tell you to like, you know, but put some wiggle room and some fun money in there. Otherwise you won't be able to stick to it. Well, when the budget, when there's not enough in the system to even get the, 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 required output into it how do you have the fun money like how do you have the extra wiggle room and stuff you there's yeah. not enough there like and so the so the choice is either to operate in that way or the other choice is sort of that like um believe you're worthy enough to start attracting more money and then change your vibe around money to bring more money in and basically be good enough the message is, is like, figure out how to be good enough to be dropped in these little gifts and then be really grateful for those little gifts. And then you'll get more gifts. Like, and so it's this other way of still participating in the system where you lack your own personal responsibility for your well-being in the moment now, because you're just always trying to figure out what are the right moves that I need to make to, to get out of this freaking situation. And when you can't get out of it, when you keep making what you think are the good moves or the right moves, and it just compounds and reinforces the, the um, lack within you, it is just the most exhausting thing. And like you said, the most frustrating thing for you and the greatest source of discord was that you knew somewhere inside that you were meant to be good at this, but you couldn't be good at it from inside the system that you're not wired to operate and play in. It wasn't until you were like, this system is bullshit and I am not using this system anymore because it actually doesn't know the truth about, about energy and the truth about money and the truth about provisions and, and safety or security. And it wasn't until you started unhooking from that system. Right. Yeah. So, so I knew for probably five, four or five years that I was like really done in my job. Like I didn't want to be a hairstylist anymore, but it was also like connected to so many sources of, it was like my source of income. I have three kids now, my husband's in school, he has a source of income, but it's very much like contract based. So whatever amount he's getting is the exact amount he's going to get every single month. And so it was, you know, 30 to 40% of our income is what he brought in. So we were definitely a two family income based 
system that still didn't provide enough. Like I remember filling out, we've tried multiple times over the years of filling out those budget things and being like, how much do you electricity bill? How much all these things? And I'm like opening the bills. I'm like, okay, well the electricity bill is like two and a half months times on this bill. <laughs> do we put that in there? Or do we put like what it would be like if we could pay it? Like it just was always, I couldn't even get one of those budget things filled out because everything was so complicated. We had the most intricate, system of importance and hierarchy of what needed to be paid and when and all of those things. So for a long time, I knew that I didn't want to be doing the work I was doing, but I also felt very trapped because I didn't know what else I could do. I had went to school that didn't pan out. So then, you know, what the hell I've tried all these things. I've never stuck with anything except for this. And at least it's something and I kind and I'm really good at it, but my heart's not here. And I'm also very exhausted from it last so about a year and a half ago at the salon i knew i was starting to be on the way out of it we were really getting into understanding our own knowing and making moves that were not logical only because we knew they were the move to make and doing them without any regard of what the outcome could be at all so we started playing these games with ourselves and and in when this really really started beginning i knew there was a couple moves that i had to make one day at the salon and one of them was to tell a price to this man that was coming to me that for some reason, when he came to me the first time, I got insecure or something. And when I told him what the price was, which I told everybody else the price, I didn't tell him the real actual price. I told him a lower price, which was so bizarre, but I did it. And he came back to me multiple times. And I had to then one day decide like, with my own integrity and why am I managing this and why do I think that he why am I scared to tell him this price I'm going to tell him the price so it was a move that day to tell him so he came into the salon he got his haircut I tell him it's $55 instead of $35 that I told him what it was and I thought the whole world was going to end and he literally was like okay and wrote the check and no big deal and I was like oh my god I made this great big move this is so amazing. I stood up for my own standards, you know, and this is like when we were still kind of messy trying to figure it out how this works and what exactly is going on, but, but understanding where we were compromising ourselves and deciding not to do that. And that fell in that category for me. I had to make a direct other move right after that. I had a client that didn't show up like two or three times in a row. And she then did it again to me and then wanted to come and I kind of fired her as a client. And that was a big move for me because that was my survival to have her come and I would manage and move things around to make sure people could still get in to make sure that I could still get the income from it. But I decided it wasn't worth the income to have this game that I was ending up playing out with her. So I made these two huge moves. Okay, so I, I call Randy and I'm like, Oh my god, I did these two things. This is so amazing. I'm feeling so good and powerful and strong all of this stuff. <laughs> so then all hell breaks loose. Okay. I hang up the phone and now I have two and a half hours because my client's not coming. So of course I'm obsessed with money. So I decide, let me just open my bank account and see what's actually going on. Now that I don't have this money coming in, we'll see what's happening. All of a sudden my bank account, which I knew had like $4,500 in it, but my mortgage was coming out and my rent, salon rent was coming out and all of the things were coming out to equal to about zero around that day. Well, my account was negative, like $700. And I just was like, oh my God, my whole life just 
I'm like, oh my God, it's like negative $700. Like, what the hell? Okay, okay, okay. I think I can figure this out. Then I'm sitting there and I look again because I'm like, okay, what exactly, how did it get negative $700? Well, in the time that goes between, my, neg my account becomes negative $2,500. Then suddenly it's negative, within like an hour and a half, it's negative $7,000. $7,000. I'm just like, what in my first response was like, holy shit, something really big is happening here. Like normally I would be going into complete fear, but I was like, this is so fucking crazy that this is cannot be for no reason. Something in the work that we had been doing had shifted enough where I could be like one foot in, one foot out enough to be like, what now? What? <laughs> What's happening? Like what? This isn't even. This is not even actual reality. Like, there's no reason why my account should be negative seven thousand dollars. So I call the bank and I'm like, um, hi, you know, like my account negative seven thousand dollars, which is like weirdly embarrassing to even say. And they're like, yeah, it's so crazy. We just noticed this. Two? Did you mean to pay two mortgage payments on the same exact moment? I'm like, oh no. Like the one thing about our mortgage is we've always been able to. I'm like, we have to pay for our house. We know that for sure. Like everything else I can finagle around, but our house, we, I don't want to be homeless. I'm always one step away from homelessness. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm going to pay for the house all the time. So I'm like, no, actually it's only supposed to be one. And he's like, oh, well, two came out and your salon rent has come out like four or five times. He's like, the computer just keeps flipping. And it just keeps, I don't know, we can't get them to stop. They just keep coming out further and further and further and further and further. And I'm like, okay, so this is so crazy. So I hang up the phone and I call Randy. I'm like, oh my God, something so crazy is happening here. Like, I would have thought that this was the worst thing that could possibly happen. How did I get myself in this mess? I'm getting like punished for standing up for myself in these first moves, but really it's just so bizarre. And so extreme that I can sense that I'm like doing something really big here. And I'm deciding right now to not fall in to the old patterns and the ways of the world of complete fear and management. Because I was well aware at this point that I like to control and manage everything. And I made a lot of moves out of every move basically in 11 years out of fear. And so I made the choice that it was going to be like something big was happening. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it wasn't what I thought it was and that I wasn't going to make one move out of fear. And <clears throat> this was like extremely life-changing for me because it took seven days before it got rectified. Like it, I remember on day three or four, I think it was day three or four. Every day that I woke up, I was like, today's not the day because I, my instant thoughts were like, oh my God, oh my God. And some of it had taken care of itself. Okay. So they had, they were able to like stop the payments of the rent going through. But the end result was was um, that I was going to be negative $2,500 once all the computer stuff was fixed. And they could fix that to go to around zero for me 
through getting a hold of my mortgage company and trying to get those two payments to go away. But something inside of me said, no, leave the two payments there and don't like try to manage that because, well, first of all, it was going to take like seven to 10 days for that to be fixed itself anyway. So it didn't make sense to fix it. it. It felt like a false sense of security in some ways. So I remember being in the shower in like day three or four and I was like, this thing just hit me in the center of my being. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is like, the way I said it to myself was like, this is my crucifixion moment. Like this is my moment to disconnect from the truth and the reality of the ways of the world. Like the truth is these are just numbers on the computer. The truth is, is like nothing actually is at stake. Like I'm in a shower. I have heat in my house. There's food in my fridge. There's, I have my house. I have all these things. My children are healthy. Actually nothing is really being threatened at the moment. And this is my work in this moment is to find the truth of what is actually happening and not fall into the ways of the world on this. And I knew, and the, and the craziest thing was, is like, I just knew that that was the ultimate truth and that this was going to be life-changing for me. And I didn't understand how or why or what, but I knew that just like Jesus was on the cross, was not terrified of what was happening because he knew something bigger was happening. And although everybody around was, you know, doing all the things they were doing and how it played out. There was something larger happening. And, and I knew that at that moment. And I woke up each morning until the day's seventh day, which is so wild, seven days that it took, being like, today's not the day. Today's not the day. Nope, it's out of fear. I'm not making one move out of fear. And on the seventh day, something shifted. As soon as I opened my eyes, it was like, today's the day and it just all worked itself out okay and that moment of being able to realize something that held so much power over me for at least 11 years before that of numbers on the computer screen debt you know payments and my livelihood and well-being all based on these like numbers on a freaking computer screen it it went into my bank account it went into my amount of debt these numbers my credit score um all of the thing that was like this imaginary number on a screen was the measurement of my worth and value and well-being all of the time and i was addicted to checking in on it to see where i measured up and where i stood and what was still wrong with me and where i still would never get it and what was still a problem and where my past mistakes were still there haunting me and all of the things and how my future was going to be this way and how I wasn't going to be able to experience these things because of these numbers on a computer screen. Like it was wild to me when I realized how much power that had over me. This is kind of a long story. <laughs> I'll just keep telling it. It's been about a year. So, so I, then um so a few months went um, a few months went by and i knew i was i was i was um 
still feeling like I didn't really want to be at the salon. And out of nowhere, I end up having health problems. And I'm like, find out I have to have a hysterectomy. And which I was a little bit relieved about in some ways because I had been dealing with these health problems for a while and I just felt like, okay, this will be good. But the problem with it in my mind was that meant I had to, the, the, the surgery I was having meant I had to be out of the salon for six to eight weeks with no income coming in. I didn't have a job. I mean, I had to physically be there to get paid. And so that was a total mind mess for me. I think that I found out in December that I was going to have that of, of um, whatever year that is, not this past <laughs> December, but the December. <laughs> I don't know. And that was another moment where we had to really work through the truth of what was important and what the reality of what we could get lost in of sacrificing my well-being and my health for numbers and money and add up and work and all of those things. And, and I remember my husband just being like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. Like you are getting this surgery and you are staying home that whole time. I don't care what happens on the other side financially. That is the one thing I know that is happening. And so I knew that I could make it like I had enough strength inside of myself that I felt like we could muster through and manage. I can work super hard before I get the surgery and try to save some money and all those things. Meanwhile, my body was giving up on me. I was extremely anemic. I was dizzy all the time. I, it, was, it was a bad deal. I didn't have any energy. But I pushed through and tried to save money, which I mean, I literally saved like $2,000, I think. So I went into six to eight weeks with no income with a cushion of $2,000 in my checking account. We, we, it, was, it was a life-changing moment. It was a safety and security thing with, that really had to kick in for me. I, I wanted to, before my surgery, try to take care of myself. <laughs> like I had a couple of weeks where I knew this was coming up. So I was like, maybe if I make meals and I, you know, plan all these things and I do all this stuff, then I'll make it easier for my kids and for my husband. And it's just like such an inconvenience that I have to have anything about me at all. And, and there was something inside of me that was like, do not plan one thing, do not make one thing. Let yourself be taken care of and supported and provided for. And so with the surgery, I ended up having, I ended up doing that. I ended up taking that time that was felt like a really special time for us. Um, I had never let my husband in, in any sort of way that was really in, you know, like, I mean, I always had those walls up and it was the first time in my life and our marriage. And we'd been married for 18 years by that point. That was the first time that I ever let him take care of me in any sort of way that I accepted. I mean, he constantly was trying to take care of me, but I just never could accept it. And so we ended up making it through it. And in the beginning of that, I had decided to take some very responsible moves. It felt very responsible to me to try to cut down expenses while I was, while I knew I was going to be home. And so all of the things that I had ever read and said, like, never take, you know, payment plans for credit cards, and it's going to affect your credit score. And don't close your credit cards with payment plans because all of these things are so bad for you. But I had about 17, I don't know, $17,000 worth of 
credit cards debt that I was trying to pay each month and I had all this other debt. So we had about $4,000 worth of debt that we were paying for in bills each month alongside of what our basic living utilities and stuff were. So I just decided I didn't care. I don't care if my credit score goes down to zero. It's already at like 500 something. So how I mean, how much more worse can it get? Like I already know I'm never going to get a loan. And I already know that I've like ruined myself for life. <laughs> and so I'm willing to take the risk of doing this. I don't care. So I call and I end up calling all of these places. And I actually have the, the paper here of the management of all of the bills and all of the things. This is from the day that I called while I was having surgery and I ended up closing all my credit cards and um, we, we, we had, you know, 0% interest and in small payments then instead of having to pay like $300 on each of them each month, which, which gave some relief, of course. So I ended up making it through the surgery. My husband takes care of me in this way I never have. I make some responsible moves. It goes against the teachings of how money works to me. And I decide during the surgery, like I have everything I need and it's, it's okay. So we make it to the end and I end up going back to the salon for a week. And I'm back in the salon and suddenly the world's talking about this virus and all of these things are, it's like, I'm out of the world for six to eight weeks. I like literally don't even know that this is really going on. I took this time to just be in my home with my family. And it takes about a week and a half and my salon gets shut down directly off of being out of work for six to eight weeks. And it gets shut down for a few months. And this was such a massively scary feeling to me in the beginning. Like it was scary because the world was unknown. Like, oh my God, this like virus, like nobody's, we've never dealt with anything like this. I mean, I got caught up right in the beginning of it of just like, how terrifying it could possibly be. Plus, like now we don't have any income. What is all this stuff? I mean, every single one of us in the world had to sort through some stuff during that time, right? It was a time where I felt like the uncertainty was coming back. I was scared about a lot of things. I didn't know what it would mean for my health, I didn't know what it would mean for our finances. I didn't know what it would mean for my income of like the future of our salon, my salon or any of those things. And I just had to decide that the one thing I could not control uh, where my money came in, the stream of income that I knew to be was taken away completely. And right off the bat of managing for six to eight months not to have any stream of income and so I did have I felt like I, I mean I had no choice but to come to terms with that is not an option or a possibility for me and because I needed to survive it in my own mind and not fall into like a depression or anxiety or totally fear ridden. I mean, it, it, it was, there was a time where I was like trying to figure out some of these things. I had to find this place inside of myself that I had to go to not to get any sort of outcome, 
I didn't care about the money anymore. I didn't even know, like there was a part of my mind that was like so uncertain that I was like, I don't even know if there's going to be like garbage, like burning in the middle of the streets. Like what is our world even going to look like? I have no idea. Like the uncertainty is so big that I'm just going to find this place to survive each day inside of myself and find this and find the truth because there's nothing else I can do. I can't go find a job right now. I can't, I, I don't know, you know, everything's shut down. What are, we, what are we gonna do? And I just start finding this place inside of myself that I did a million times a day. And it was every time I felt uncertain and every time I was thinking about money or anytime I was scared about health stuff or anytime, whatever, I just had to find this spot of being like, okay, what is actually in this moment, this moment? Not in five minutes, not before. What's actually happening in this moment? And I, I brought myself into the moment over and over again. And, and for me, it was like, I'm sitting on my couch. I have heat. I have lights. There's dinner to be made. Um, my kids are laughing. My, I have clothes on. Like I, I, I had to like, I, I had to be like in my body. I had to be where I'm sitting. I had to, and I just kept bringing myself into the truth of what was actually happening because my mind wanted to take a turn for the crazy all of the time. But to survive myself, I had to show myself the truth of what was actually happening. And by doing that, everything in my life started changing crazily fast, 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 fast. You know, we're here to talk about money. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I was just thinking. So that was like in March. So, so January was the surgery. Then in March is when you, so, so you thought you were losing your income temporarily during your surgery. And then March you're shown that you're losing your temp, your your stream of income, right? You're counted on source of input output. This is the channel where I know I can manage things and make things sort of work in my life, right? So that was March, and then, okay, I yep. just wanted a timeline. Yep, yep. So that was March, April, those times, and I just did this thing all the time for no other reason but to survive myself. That's all I, all I wanted. I just wanted to end this feeling inside of myself and bring myself back to reality and the truth. And things started massively, crazily shifting. I never left my house. Like I literally never left my house. I stayed in my house for months. I never did anything. I mean, I just was with my family and was in the truth, in the truth, in the truth. Money started coming out of the woodwork. I mean, I don't know. It's not logical. During this time when I had no income from my regular source of income, we had all of these bills, all of this debt, none of this stuff went away. It actually was, you know, becoming more. Money started coming in, in these unexpected places. And Truth be told, in the past of these money coming in in these places, I would have discounted them and didn't think that they counted in the way that it should or that it could be whatever kind of money instead of like good money. It could be bad money instead of good money, whatever it was. 
I didn't care about that stuff. I didn't even care about the money. The thing about the money coming in from all these places is that it was literally blowing my mind. I remember talking to one of my girlfriends and I had talked to you, of course, about it too. And being like, I don't know. I have all of a sudden, like all of our bills are being paid all at one time. Like I'm opening, we're opening up the bills and we're paying, you know, $7,000 in a month at, at $8,000, $9,000 in the month at one time. I, I, I've never done this in my whole life. We, we had, we were going to the store and buying groceries. Like I had always had this weird thing about food in my house. It was like one of those other things of like scarcity and survival. I would go to the, the store almost every day and just get what I need. But it always left this feeling of like, we don't have anything in the house. And I knew the two things that I knew there was a core things that I wanted to experience while I didn't have control over what was going on. I wanted to make sure my house was paid for, that I knew that we had a home to live in and I wanted to have heat and I wanted to have my cupboards full and my fridge full. Those were the three things I cared about. I didn't care if my phone got turned off. I didn't care if my credit cards, I didn't care about any of those things. That's all I knew that I wanted. And so we started buying groceries in this way that we had never bought groceries before too. In our cupboard, we made this pantry. I mean, we were going and spending like $1,400 in the month just on the groceries the groceries we were getting, which was like crazy because we were all home and we were cooking and we were baking and we were having all these like really great experiences together. So I'm buying all this food, I'm paying all my bills and I'm not at the salon. This is weird. This is the, the thing that I've never been able to quit the salon because I'm afraid if I'm not doing my job, I'm not gonna have the things I need. Suddenly I don't have my job. And all of the things that I need are like, being provided in this like magnified way of not just enough, like more than enough. Suddenly we start putting money into a, this savings account that has been sitting there for however many <laughs> years. I'm like, at one point there's like $2,000 in the savings account. I'm like, what the hell? There's $2,000 in my savings account, Randy. Like, and I paid all my bills and I have so much food in my house. Like, I can't even believe what's happening. I, I cannot logically explain how this is even happening. Throughout this next month now, uh, for about a month and a half, two months, we live in this way. And um, I end up getting about $23,000 in my savings account while paying my bills, while having tons of food, while enjoying each other immensely and never having one source of the, my regular income coming in. Money's coming in, it coming in, but it's coming in in all of these places that I've never experienced money coming in before. And during this time, I'm like, my mind is getting so blown by how illogical this is. And, but then weirdly logical too, because I'm like, I, there's a part of me that has always known like you are massively provided for all of the time and like you can get just get paid by being you and like income or input output actually is not a real thing. But like I never knew how to get out of those, the experience of those things and which was so torturing because knowing it's true that this stuff is all bullshit, but then still experiencing the bullshit is like really crappy you know where you're just like well then I must be doing something wrong because 
how come I can see it all over the place and all these people are having these magical experiences, but I'm still like in the grind over here, trying my hardest, doing everything I can and I'm not getting there. Well, it was really true. Like the more I stopped managing and controlling my money, the more money that was coming to me like crazy. During this time now, because it's so illogical and so mind blowing and I'm like getting all of this like outcomes and proof that I never knew that I was, I wasn't trying to get outcomes or I wasn't trying to get proof. I was trying to survive myself really and learn how to be in the moment and not project fear into my past or future. Um, all this stuff is happening. And so I was then in this place of like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is true. Everything that we knew is actually true. Simultaneously, I'm making moves to like, you know, buy the groceries and do all these things that are like playing out in, in my life. And I start having this voice inside of my head that's telling me moves to make, right? And it's me and it's my knowing of what's going on, but it's going against like all logic. I'm getting really good at building the savings account and getting the things that I need provided for. But I'm starting to get cues and ideas and, you know, knowing that I'm to pay off my credit cards. I still don't have a job. I still don't have any income coming in. I'm still just here surviving this pandemic. Not knowing when the shutdown's going to end, right? I have no clue. No clue at all. Um, and I start getting the message to pay off my credit cards. And my credit cards are, I, well, I think it was like gonna be like $14,000 is what my credit cards realm played in but I did have a PayPal thing that was like also $2,500 this other firm thing that was just kind of like are my credit cards like the American Express or are my credit cards the care credit and the Amer all three American Expresses and my um Sun Country and my city like Okay, so I'm like, okay, pay a credit card or pay the credit card? Like pay a credit card or pay the credit card? And I'm like trying to negotiate myself and being like somewhere in the back of my head, I'm like, I know it's the credit cards. And so I decide to be like, you know what? Nothing is logical. I know this to be true. I know that I am being guided. I know that I'm massively provided for. I know that every time that I've done the thing that brings me to the truth, I have done something big and I don't I can't fully tell you exactly what each thing has led to but this overall experience is experience is becoming like wild and mind-bending and filled with so much happiness and joy and truth and and yes it's playing out with money but it's also like playing out in the moments I'm having with my family and my husband's taking care of me and we're doing all these things and it's just all so much goodness. So I go, I become one with the idea that I'm going to be paying off my credit cards. And so the thing is, though, is that I also have a husband and I have three kids and I still don't have a job. And <clears throat> I'm like, know that I have to do this. We've had this financial push-pull thing our whole life of being, our whole marriage of being like, who's in charge of the finances? Who wants to own up to this? Whose fault is it that we don't have any money? 
whose fault is it or who's you know um when is it that we had some money like it's just this crazy system and we both want the other person to be in charge because nobody wants to own their own moves in finances because the finances have been a disaster so we secretly resent each other and not secretly resent each other and have all these fights about finances all the time too so this is the first time in my marriage that i have to come to the table with something wildly crazy to do and go back to the truth of the knowing that even though it doesn't make sense and i don't have any income coming in and these are just credit cards so they could be over here they don't the debt doesn't even matter the move is to pay this off in this uncertain time like we've we've tried to be paid we've really literally tried to pay these credit cards off for 11 years and they've never gotten under the maximum like balance like they're at the thing. Like if I paid anything on it, it's because I had to like use it to buy something. So I would make payments, but it was like instantly get back up. So these credit cards have been sitting there for already 12 years. So what does it matter if they get paid off right now or not? So I go to the table and I'm like, Chad, I, I, I have this weird thing I need to tell you about, but I, everything in my body, my mind, my body, my heart, everything is telling me, I feel like God is telling me to pay off the credit card. And I know it doesn't make sense. And I know it seems ridiculous. Like why not save that money for a late, you know, rainy day? Like we don't know if it's gonna, we don't have no idea what's gonna happen. Like we finally have a savings account. We have $23,000 in the savings account. Why do, why are we gonna take 75% of it, 90% of it and pay off these credit cards that have been here for 11, 12 years? Like who cares? And because I come to him with such certainty and knowing that this is the move to do, he has no choice really energetically, but to be like, okay, if that's what you think, Okay, which then makes me have to own my decision. I mean, what if I'm getting ourselves? What if I'm dumb? What if I made a mistake? What if I actually, what if, what if I'm leading myself somewhere astray? What if I misheard? What if I'm making this up? What if all of this stuff is a lie? What if I'm just doing that thing that I think it's okay for a while and then I get myself into trouble? And I have to be like, I don't care. The move is the move is the move is the move is the move and the move is to pay off the credit card so this is now a couple months okay so from the time of like march april may june we're, we're doing these things so so fast forward as i'm telling this story this is we've had a couple months now where we've had the savings account we've had everything we needed i still don't have a job and we're getting comfortable feeling like we have this cushion here and it becomes July. And this is when I have this knowing to pay off the credit cards. And so I open the computer to pay them and I'm like, okay, I know for sure I'm gonna pay all the American Express cards. Okay, so I have three of those and I pay off that equals, I don't know, about $8,000, $9,000. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel this rush. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's also the city and the Affirm and the Sun Country. So those are credit cards. I'm, I, I would be lying to myself if I didn't count them. So I'm paying those again. I'm paying those too. 
And then we reach this point where it's the PayPal. And the PayPal is $2,500. And I have a million reasons why PayPal actually isn't a credit card. <laughs> I never got a credit card in the mail for PayPal. I didn't do like the credit card PayPal. I just have like the account. So then I can like buy things on the computer. And I reached this point where I have to own my decision again. And I have to be really intimate with myself and decide what it is that I think is true and what is not true. And the truth is, is I have always thought the PayPal is in the credit card and I'm paying it and I'm paying it and I'm paying it. But then I have to also tell my husband that too. And so I tell him I'm also going to pay the PayPal. And he's like, what? Like, okay, how much are we paying right now? And I'm like, well, after I added all this up, after the PayPal, it's going to be $17,000. He's like, what? $17,000? And I'm like, I know. It's a lot of money. I know it is. But the move is a move, Chad. It, I'm to pay off the credit card. It's ringing in my head, like pay off the credit card, pay off the credit card, pay off the credit card, pay off the credit card. Simultaneously with maybe not, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do this, maybe no. So I'm like, let's do it. Let's just go all in and let's just go all into the move. I don't care what happens after this. I just know if I'm not going to follow the moves, then what's the point? And he's like, okay. So I pull up PayPal and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most exciting. Like wildly, I'm jumping off the cliff. Like I've never jumped off the cliff before. And I end up paying it off and we go crazy. Like this, I have this video of us be like, me doing this and be like, oh my God, I just paid off all this stuff. And it was wild, 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 wild. And I'm just like, oh my God, before I know it, all of that money back into my account. Still don't have a job. Originators haven't even started yet. I know some people will think like, oh, you guys are doing this. Like there's gotta be some sort of money. This is all between the time that I have the salon with no income to before originators start. You know, the story goes on and on and on and on, but at the same time, I don't need to tell every single detail of it. What then starts happening is this knowing that I'm not to go back to the salon. The salon opens up and I'm like, have to, Say, like the truth is, is I don't want to be at the salon. I've, I look at our life when I was there. Like we actually have proof. Like I made so many moves without proof, but now we actually have proof that things are not adding up the way that we thought they did in, in the way the way, world works. And so with all of this, things start coming in for ideas with the originators and and, and that starts building itself while I'm still like, I'm, I'm on the way out of the salon. I know I'm not gonna do my lease anymore. I go back for a while, but it's just not, I just have to like do a couple things there before I know I'm completely, completely done. But, you know, with telling the story, this continues on and continues on and continues on. And so from July of this last summer to before the originator started, I paid off 
I don't know, 17 to 20,000, $25,000 in debt. And from July to now, I just added it up and I paid off $36,537.01 worth of debt, which is like, if I showed you our income and showed you all of these things, this is not logical money, people. Like, this is not, like the reason why I tell you all the past experiences with money I have is because we did not come onto a windfall of money. Like, yes, we, our lives have changed, finan changed financially in all of these different ways, but it's not in the ways that your brain wants to tell you that it must be why we are able to do this, why I was able to do this. It's something completely different. It's, it's being actually massively provided for. It's learning how to live in the exact moment that you are in. It's creating a masterpiece that is not logical and is not connected to the past or the future. It's listening to the guidance in your head and jumping off that cliff when it does not make sense at all. And it feels like it could get you into massive trouble. Like, what are you doing? And putting yourself out there on the altar over and over and over in my relationship and in the work I do in the world and in money and with my children and in the food in my house and in deciding to take care of my body and not put myself, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, any longer, all of the money that played out in this way for ever and ever and ever <laughs> rearranged itself and mirrored exactly what I knew and know to be true now. The provisions that are there for you in the moment. The problem is, is that you think that it'll affect something for you in the future if you take them. Yep. And I decided to start taking what was available right there in the moment with no regard of the future at all. And it changed my whole life, whole life. Every single thing in my life is completely different. And yes, we're talking about it in money, but we're, but it is also so many things. Yeah. Because you cannot like live over here and say like that you are massively provided for and that you are worthy of receiving and that you are becoming a higher vibration to money and then participate in the system of survival at the same time. Like that is a discord of a lie that it turns into like a wishing that somebody outside of you would be the solution to your experience besides you. And when you, when you begin to flip it and when you decided to participate in your knowing in these illogical steps in the moment. I mean, my way out of the pattern and the programming of survival in regards to money was very different than this, but I made very specific moves that were highly illogical and made no sense and went against the ways of the world and what everybody tells you is your source of safety and security and the way to well-being even to the point where she was paying off credit cards and I was weirdly putting money on credit cards because in that moment, I was doing something highly unusual for myself and highly illogical in all of the ways of the world by you know going against everything that that credit card 
held and represented in my life and swiping it, knowing that it meant nothing and knowing that it meant nothing and knowing that it meant nothing until it did mean nothing. And I have since paid those, those things off, but in those moments, they were the move to, they were the action step to take to participate in my life in a big double thumbs up to the system that I had created until it dismantled in my beingness so deeply and so completely that, that it was disrupted to the point where I was weirdly, weirdly, wildly and weirdly and illogically in charge of my experience so totally and completely that nothing outside of myself and my own knowing had any impact in the decisions that I was making in those moments. And people think that they will like get to this place. Like when there's this much money in the account or when this debt is paid off or when this raise comes through or when the bonus finally comes in or when this like, you know, like this, this experience outside of the moment that is the saving grace that will somehow change the way you feel in the future now. But what you don't understand is that when you actively participate in the moment of being massively provided for in the moment by participating in your life, she had no fear about paying the massive amount of credit cards because she knew that her savings wasn't actually at risk because what she decided to do now had zero impact in the future in a negative way anymore. What she decided to participate in now, which is I am massively provided for now, and by participating in being massively provided for now, it writes the programming of the future to be massively provided for in the future. Before when she was participating in the system of like, if I make this move, maybe it will pay off for me and I'll get some more lucky treasures in the future if I show you and try to prove that, you know, provisions are my thing. Like, right, right, right. Like, see, 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 look at me. I'm participating. See, look at me. I trust you. Is it there yet? Is it area that? Did the money come back to me yet? Did it happen yet? Is it happening yet? Oh my God, no. Oh shit, I just made this massive mistake. I, th I thought I was doing something in trust, but you're not doing it in trust. You're doing it hoping that it pays off in the future. And so it is coded with fear and insecurity. It is not coded with true security and true provision in the moment. And so it leads to a future that is insecure. And so you look back and you say that the reason that, that I can't, that I am where I am now in the future is because of these, you know, reckless choices that I made in the past because you can't hold and you can't own and you can't live from that other place. And so you try to, you think you are, but you can't trump the energy of the system. Energy doesn't lie. And it is coded in the moment with the end. The future is coded in the moment that you participate in now. And so when we broke this programming and why we tell our clients that we take outcomes off the table is because what it does is it dismantles within you the systematic need to like look to the reaction and to look to look for the payoff. You stop participating in the now 
to have it pay off in a certain way in the future. And, and what it does is it rewires and recodes all of those things. The, 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 the moment now, because time is not linear, actually. Time is something bigger than it appears to be in the human codes. And you impact the past and the future through the now moment and you rearrange time and you rearrange energy in a and create an entirely new operating system that is completely outside of this what you believe is the reality and the closed system of the of the way the world works there is something outside of that that has a massive force of impact in the quality of your life experience but it requires you to participate in experiences and choices and moments, in relationships, in food, in money, in every part of life outside of it. And the point wasn't to do those moments to get money, to do those moments to get it to pay off. Those, those were very intimate moments between Jenny and Jenny of like, there are circumstances that are out of control but to be in my home and live in hell is my choice. Right. And I am no longer willing to live in the hell that is my mind that tells me all of the ways that I could possibly and potentially die in this moment if I do not participate in my life experience in a specific way. Yeah. And then when you, I mean, so many women are like, you know, I can't afford that, or I can't afford to do that. Or what if this leads me into a place of, you know, more debt or I'm in trouble or whatever it is, but what it is that you can't afford, the thing that you know that you truly want, whether it's, you know, I knew that I truly wanted to provide having my coverage fall and food in my house and my children having the experience of me and me having the experience of a mother that has what I need on hand for my kids all the time. It doesn't matter if it's that or, you know, investing money into yourself or buying the thing or paying your bills or whatever it is. There's this part of us that thinks I can't afford it and I have to manage and finagle. But the truth, when you reach the truth of what it is that you actually desire, in the moment, you actually desire it and you make the move of what that is. And you know that to be the true with no regard of what happens in the future, you are massively provided for every single time, every single time. Yeah. It works itself out. When you throw up your hands in the air and say, I don't care how it works out anymore. I don't know. I've tried to manage it. I've tried to figure it out. I can't see it. But what I do know is that this is the moment that I decide to take the provisions that are here for me right now, even though it doesn't look like it would work out or make sense. It rearranges. You, you don't know what the future is going to look like. You only know what you already have seen. And we're here to teach you how to create the unimaginable. This last, that experience of going from what money, how it owned me to it being like, of, of course, it's an of course to me now. It has, it, it holds no thing except for just, of course, of course, it works out. Of course, the money showed up. Of course, 
I can pay these things. Of course, I can still go on a trip. Of course, I can still do these things. It, you, you, you want to, like, that is, that is unimaginable. Like, to go from there to there is unimaginable. And that's what you're looking for, whether it plays out in money or plays out in your relationship or plays out with the food you put in your body or plays out with your body image or plays out with your work in the world. You want to get to a, well, of course, of course. Right. It's just no thing. And how many things have just been, I hope it's the thing, please be the thing, please be the thing. Right. And when you're trying to manage it under the human codes and you have a picture of how it's going to look, it's like, okay, if I, you know, like if I take this and I just add this up and then if I added that, and then that would be like an extra 2%. And then if I paid that down and then I had this much more breathing room and you think you, you always think that, you know, what the picture is going to look like. So even when you bring in the picture, or even when you're living out the picture, the, 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 the way it feels in your experience does not necessarily always change. I got to tell you, I mean, we, we've, we've had lots of money. We've had no money. I've already said this, but to be able to go to target and buy the groceries and not feel the thing happen in my body that that happened for I don't know 10 10 plus 12 plus years no matter how much money was in the account it was this moment of like like you'd start unloading there'd be a certain amount that would be going on and you'd be feeling good and then all of a sudden something would switch inside of me and I would be like okay now I'm suddenly looking at the the thing. I'm looking at the screen. How, what's it adding up to? Am I going to be under two hundred dollars? Am I going to be under here? And like where like where's the line to stop? And then pretty soon everything in my system is amping up. Like if I provide what is required in this moment in provisions of food and and needs, if if I meet my needs in this moment, what is going to happen to me in the future? And to have that experience of money to be completely dismantled from the operating system of my life is priceless. I don't care how many dollars, I don't care how much savings, I don't care how many clients, I don't care about the income, I don't care about the debt, I don't care about all of that stuff is just matters of the external world to, to be able to know in my beingness that when I take care of myself, I don't have to worry about that or feel like that's a mistake. Right. Right. Or that I could be inflicting harm onto myself or to somebody else somewhere down the road. I mean, that is the only thing that matters. And so when I live from that place, and I have overridden all of the lies and all of the coding that has told me that I cannot do that and that I cannot be that way and that that would not be responsible or not be safe or not be secure. To live in a safe, a, an experience of safety, true security beyond what it looks like is happening in this 3D reality, that is the only thing that matters to me. And that spills into every single nook and cranny of my life. That spills into food, that spills into my 
relationship that spills into my finances, that spills into my children, that spills into every single moment. And it is the only thing that matters. And we can talk about these subjects and we can talk about how much they've changed, but they are the natural outcomes of these high of participating in your own life moment by moment in these highly illogical and nonsensical ways that go against the ways of the world. And Jenny talked about the, I can't afford, I can't afford to have an experience of the unknown. I can't afford not to know where I'm going. I can't afford to be blind in this. I can't afford to have this all figured out. And that could be, and I can't afford to invest myself. I can't afford to speak up for myself. I can't afford to leave a job that I hate. I can't afford to let my husband in all the way. I can't afford to put boundaries on my, and, and say no to my children. I can't afford to eat a cookie. I can't afford, it doesn't necessarily even matter what it is, but you think that it is like these conditions that you can't afford and the, to, the, to relinquish control of what it is that you know. But the truth is, is you are terrified to participate outside of something that you can see. Yeah. And, you know, I just, it's funny even that it's playing out in money in this conversation because I literally just added this up before we got on the call. Like this would have been something that would have consumed my mind of the level of the chipping off and making sure. Right. And that's why it's a, well, of course, I mean, I, I had added some of it up the other day when we decided to do this call. And then this morning I was like, oh, and there was this and this and this that I had forgotten about and put it in there. And so the number that I even told my husband the other night is, you know, $12,000 less than this number. And it doesn't even matter. But right. the whole point is the focus was off of that. And it's like played out in debt. But it's like the thing that I focused on forever. When I quit focusing on it, of course, it took care of itself. I didn't try to pay the debt off anymore. And then it paid itself off. Right. So weird. Right. It, it, it works in every single thing. Yeah. I mean, it is wild and it could, I mean, we could, I could talk about this for two more hours, to be honest, like, but it is so backwards, the way that we think that we are going to be taken care of, or the way that we think we're going to know that we're safe, or we're going to know that we're secure. And because our life experience and, and our, and our true coding isn't one for one, the idea that to allow your husband to provide what you needed moment by moment and have to be blatantly honest and um, really have no choice in that moment of after your surgery of being like, actually, I'm going to need you to go get me another glass of water. And actually this pillow, like I'm going to need help with that. And, and to have to let yourself be massively provided for in a multitude of ways it was your way out of this experience. And um, I did totally listen for two more hours. Oh, Pax, I love you. I want a cat. Well, get a cat. Oh my God, Pax. So I had this exact same thing. Two years ago, we got a dog. And I, before I got the dog, I had so much baggage of like having pets and what a pet could mean. And why I could and why I couldn't and all of these things. And I remember talking to Randy and being like, 
I really want a dog. And I've always been kind of a joke in my family of being like a really bad pet owner because I'm like the halfway house for animals. Like everything in me wants an animal. And then I get one and I was too chaotic in my own life that it just never fit in to be the right place. And I had taken care of a ton of stuff without purposely trying to. And all of a sudden I reached this place where I had this knowing of like, I want a dog, I want a dog, I want an animal, I want an animal. But it came with so many insecure thoughts. And I had to go against the ways of how that would work out for me and what that would mean about me. And if I could or couldn't and did it. And it's been awesome. Get a cat. I have a cat too. Here, my cat's over there. Just here, Pax. I'm going to show you my cat because we want a cat. I don't know if you can see it. Let's see. Let's see. Can you see her? Yeah, I can see her. <laughs> so now I have all of the pets. <laughs> Yeah. going from having like I tried and tried and tried it was one of those things that like you try to do and 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 you get more proof for me it was and now I have all the pets and it's just no thing it's like of course they don't they don't cost me anything I'm living in a because I'm not paying rent here he doesn't want a cat and I don't even want to live in this country well <laughs> what is it that you know you actually want Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. What country are you in, Pax? I want to know. I remember in my own way of like having this like negotiation in my mind, like this idea, like the, of how the money was going to save me and how my life was going to, like, when I was going to know that I was saved by the money situation. And and how I was going to know, like I was worthy and significant in the world. Like I would know I was good at like I, that. I'd become successful if I could make this much money and blah, blah, blah. And I was in, in the consciousness and the spirituality and the coaching world. And so people were constantly talking about money and how money was linked to spirituality and how money's linked to your like um, ability to master your own energy and how, if you're not making money, then it's, it means this about you and you still have all of this crap going on and blah, 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 blah. And, and I was like, you know, I actually think that's a bunch of crap. Like that may have been the way that that person experienced their way out of their own hell was through this path of, you know, creating this way with money but like at the end of the day I mean so what like really actually so what and I went about deciding that those outcomes I had gotten them before and they had never really done anything for me and I didn't really want to keep focusing on them anyway and that I what I really really wanted to experience was an intimate relationship with my own husband and my children. And, you know, I, I don't know whenever it was during the time that I decided like, actually, I'm just done chasing this carrot that hasn't ever actually provided the thing for me. And I'm going to turn inward and create something that I've been afraid to have. Like I always was like, okay, guys, I don't have time to, you know, really pay attention to you right now. Cause I'm trying to like figure out my shit so I can be 
awesome and make all this money so that, you know, you guys will think I'm really great, but like, it's just not adding up that way. And I bought this um, picture and it's in my family room and it's a quote by mother Teresa. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And um, even beyond that, like if you actually want to change your own world, like go home and love yourself and start there by participating in the moment that's already happening right now in the way that is loving and generous and kind to yourself and to your own knowing and being who you really are no matter what and then having to say the thing or do the thing or follow through with the thing in the moment by moment by moment by moment by moment by moment choices and that is really where it all starts everything else is just fucking stuff and conditions and pictures and it it doesn't actually matter and when you begin to take what matters most to you in the ways of what you think will be the thing that will save you or the thing that will show you or the thing that makes you measure up to all of the things in the world. When you take those things off the table, your life gets pretty freaking simple, pretty freaking fast, you know? And um, we tried to have our clients, we tried to ask them like, okay, so tell us like you've quadrupled your prices. Like your money has to have changed. Like what, like, what are your outcomes? Tell us your outcomes of working with us. And they're all like, well, yeah, I mean, it's totally different, but like, actually who cares? I don't even pay attention to it. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like all of the things are like, I'll be like, okay, so what actually, I mean, could you tell us like people actually do want to know this stuff. And they're just like, I don't know how to put it into words. It's indescribable. The things that owned me, they just don't even matter. Like I'm in a completely new experience in my life, but I just don't know how to put it into words because like, I thought all these things mattered, but they actually don't. And you know, like I haven't taken time to add it up. And Jenny was like, I haven't, it's been a year. I haven't taken time to add it up because it's like no thing. It's like, it's the most wild nonsensical, but we felt like it was time to start talking in some way about subjects as examples for like what happens in your life. And the truth is, is when you begin to live the truth, you begin to tell yourself the truth and then act on the truth, nothing in your life goes untouched. Right, yeah. The truth spills over into everything. Yeah. Well, so much work is outcome-based and, you know, we lived our life outcome-based forever and it got us nowhere. And we're not saying that there are no outcomes. Obviously they take care of themselves and they are mind-blowing and all of the things, you get all of the things, you get all of the things that you want. But then it is just like, well, of course I did. I guess I didn't even, as soon as I stopped focusing on it, when I made the things, that used to matter so much to me, not matter. They turned into actual matter. Right. Yes. And so many times thinking about like what you think is happening in this moment that looks like everything's falling apart and how did I get here and why am I in this spot again? And like, this looks terrible. And I don't think like, like one of our clients, you know, at the beginning of our program, she like decided to buy this new truck. And she has the truck for a couple of days and she gets in a major car. Oh, yeah. 
And it looks as though she made this big mistake and all of these things. And you could go to this place of like, why is this happening to me? And here I am again. And why, why do these, why do I keep creating these things? And she reached out and we were, and we were just like, this is not what you think it is. And it, the, it was a massive disruption in her experience of life. And many, 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 many things. Relationships rearranged for her. She began to show up for herself in a completely new way outside of anything she had ever known before after this. And money changed like significantly. It was like a dismantling when she didn't buy in to the system in that moment of what it could have meant under the human codes of the mistake and the, this is going to cost me a lot and I'm so stupid and how could I do this? And now, you know, I'm going to have to pay for this and blah, 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 blah. And when she didn't, it just like a bunch of stuff for her. A few months later, she's telling us these stories. And then she's like, oh, and I got a ton of money in my safe and this went down and I got this bonus. And, you know, like I- was going like, on double vacations. Being I went on two vacations. I, you know, I, it turns out I was able to actually get more money from the insurance claim and have the truck completely restored to like factory condition. And I was able to refinance the loan, which is actually a lesser payment and blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and the craziest thing is, is like, it wasn't even that like she knew those things were happening, but she didn't even, wasn't even like surprised or excited about them or even really added up the fact of how much it changed because it just was like the natural way of being in her life. It was like, of course, it wasn't like, oh my God, it finally worked. It finally paid off. I finally figured out how to get this money, like energy system to pay off for me. And I got all the goodies. It was just like, oh, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, because they're just the natural side effects of the dismantling of that programming. Right. And it's fun for us to listen to it because we're weirdly blown away. And of course, at the same time, but it's fun to watch yeah. other people's. It's weird because we're like weirdly blown away by it because we also don't have the focus on the outcome too. So the outcome then becomes like this big surprise, mind-blowing thing. We're not like, okay, if we can get them to do these things, then they can get this this money or they can get this perfect thing or whatever it is it's it's never that because it's so highly personalized the patterns and what's holding people hostage and and it's not one for one and so you know like people can have you know we're like there's no outcomes and there's no goals and like you know as you do the work you realize that you can choose experiences and you can hit those experiences and all of those things but the energy behind it shifts of being like the savior or the, you know, the measuring up mark of yourself anymore that you completed it. It's just more like, well, of course, feeling, but the thing, the thing that's mind blowing is you don't know which moves are, are initiating the dismantling of the pattern holding you hostage. You're continuously doing them. And then suddenly this like manifestation happens and it's like the focus isn't even on the manifestation. The focus is on the next thrilling thing inside of yourself where you're like, oh, oh yeah. And this, of course, but I'm also on to this other thing too. That's like, I'm enjoying this manifestation, but I'm also, it's not, I'm, 
I'm already still moving on with my life. It wasn't like the thing now that I'm stuck on is like this manifestation and making sure I recreate it and making sure it doesn't go away from me and making sure I remember exactly what I did so I can, you know, do it or whatever it is. So it's yeah. a weirdest cycle. So it's so fun now looking at all of the things. It's just wild. Like the list of stuff that has, has been manifested, but at the same time, it's just like, well, what else if you're massively provided for you get a list of things that you're massively provided for right <laughs> that's wild x is in germany sweet oh right on that's awesome all right i wonder all the countries that are listening to us all the time it's yeah, cool how it, it's out there it's fun, fun. So, okay, so we're gonna continue to, you know, come in here and talk. We we did take down those one talk. These things are gonna be also taken down. So they'll be up, you know, for a couple of days and then they'll be taken down. The stuff we record in here, we're using because this is an amazing platform. You guys get to be in on the next leading edge of what we're talking about. Sometimes there'll be bonuses, sometimes there'll be bundles and courses that we offer, but instead of just doing it by ourselves, we love to include you on it too. So we'll, we'll try to, uh, oh, the Linda's in Portugal. So fun. It's wild. It's wild how this works where you just, you know, I mean, I'm in North Dakota and the U S and Randy's in Minnesota and where I feel like I'm like in the middle of nowhere. And logically you would think that, you know, you wouldn't be connected to these people all around the world that you would have to do this massive thing to get that kind of exposure. And it's so wild just turning on the computer and being connected to people all around the world is so, yeah. so fun. It's, it makes, it makes you feel like, I don't know, I guess this has already changed in me, but it's, it's the outcome of rectifying that stuff inside of myself of like, hard work and your reach and what you need to do to like expose yourself and how you have to grow in this certain incre incremental growth and, and what's possible for you where you live. Right. Yeah, I love so much all the connections around the world too. Yeah, is that just so cool? I know I love having you guys on here. It feels like we're like getting to know each other. <laughs> we were talking with our other class um we were talking about the other class and the gals were like and we haven't even met in person we've been together you know for six months basically once a week for six months and we've never actually even met in person and they're like the closest people to us and I know we're always like people I that we know the most intimately in our lives you know just all getting to be ourselves in these moments but I'm really feeling like we should do a five-day mad money mastermind yeah let's do it my favorite subject yeah like let's do it let's do some smaller courses and give people the opportunity to work with us and and be in these experiences because then we get to keep talking <laughs> Let's do it. All right. We had the idea to do something around money a while ago. The energy shifted, but let's do it now. It's back. 
It's back, back. baby. Back. Wild That's ride. <laughs> All right. All we'll right. Put the out then. Sign up. Get in. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Thank you. All righty.